it'd be around half of that. So just if there's nine, let's just say twenty million. Let's just, yeah, just call, call it, it even twenty. Yeah. So if there's twenty million and three quarters of that, so what is that? Fifteen million. Yeah. Essentially, so fifteen million men in Canada will have HPV. Will have HPV yeah. at one point in their life. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, so welcome everybody to another episode of the Gents Talk podcast. We have with us a special guest, Dr. Jia Hu. Um, this is a, a particular episode that's going to be centered around men's health and better understanding as men what we should be doing uh, in terms of preventative care and, and, and how to deal with certain, uh, certain diseases and how to just be healthier in general but the this particular series or episode rather is brought to us by Merck who uh, is very very intent on making sure that men become more more aware of these kinds of conversations so Dr. Who welcome to the Just Talk pod. Thank you for having me. Oh really excited. Um, You have such a an incredible bio of like accomplishments but for the people who don't know you sort of briefly who are you? What do you do? And then why is HPV such an important topic? Yeah, I mean, I think when people say that, it just means I've been in school for too long. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a, a public health doctor mm-hmm. uh, and uh, also a family doctor. And so, I mean, I was one of the medical officers health during COVID, so did a lot of that stuff. But vaccines are very, you know, dear and near to my heart. And right now I uh, run a not-for-profit called 19 to 0, which is really focused on promoting important health behaviors like vaccination, you know, like cancer screening. These are all things we'll cover today, actually. Mm-hmm. And then I have a few sort of other jobs. Um, but I mean, I think that the thing we'll be talking about today, which is around HPV and vaccination is really important because I mean, fundamentally, you know, we're trying to get people to take steps to prevent cancer, right? And you know, like there's sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard, but you know, anything that can prevent cancer through a vaccine, I think is actually pretty straightforward. So let's start with the, the most basic element here. What is HPV? Yeah, so HPV is human papilloma virus. Uh, it's a virus, a sexu- generally a sexually transmitted virus, or can be transmitted through any sort of contact uh, that is known to cause things like warts, uh, no, genital warts, uh, and also different types of cancer. So I think most people know it to cause cervical cancer in women, but it's a leading cause of cancers in men, particularly head and neck cancer, uh, as well as um, you know anal and penile cancer. And, and so there are many, many different strains of HPV. You know, there's almost like 100 or more than 100 strains. Uh, some of them cause warts, some of them cause cancer, some of them more likely to cause cancer, but it's a sort of constellation of, of, of diseases. It, it's also the most common sexually transmitted infection. We estimate that about, you know, three in four Canadians will get it at some point in, in their lifetime. And, and so, you know, I, I think there's often a bit of stigma, quite a lot of stigma on talking about sexually transmitted infections. And, you know, it's really important. I think we talk about these as well as other issues pertaining to, to, to health. Yeah. And so is it that this that HPV is just not common among men, like not commonly understood or men are just not aware of it as much? Yeah. I mean, I I think that it is less, you know, I think most women about I think 80 percent of women sort of know what HPV is. Only about half of men do. I mean, I I think people's knowledge of different things is highly variable. Right. I think when it comes to something like HPV, I think we again think of it as STI primarily. Very few people know that it causes 
you know, cancer. Very fewer people know that it causes head and neck cancer. And so I, I think that for sure knowledge is lower in men. The knowledge about the fact that it causes head and neck cancer, mouth throat cancer, very, very low. But I mean, I'm, that, like a lot of things in medicine are like that, right? So I mean, this is why we're, we're having a chat today. <laughs> so, go ahead. Yeah, no, it was, it was, I've only heard about HPV maybe eight, nine years ago. I just heard when when I heard about it, it was very <clears throat> this is women. It's for women. Yeah, and yeah. Like women can catch men can carry it, but only give it to women or yeah. something like something. Obviously, with these things, it's always you don't really know the full information unless you. That's yeah. exactly why we're talking to you, right? So it's has it always been around? Or is it something yeah. newer or no? No, it's it's kind of always been around, and for sure, I think that you know it's viewed primarily as a sort of a female women's disease because of the association between HPV and cervical cancer. Mm. But actually, you know, when it comes to HPV, men are actually more likely to get it from women than the other way around. And so, you know, it's 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 been around for a long time. It's very common in men. It's just very common in general. And it actually causes a sort of, you know, beyond the genital warts, which I, mean, I think people sort of may, may or may not know about that, it just does cause a range of cancers. But yeah, I mean, it's been around for more than, you know, nine years. We've had the vaccine, I think it first got approved in Canada in around 2006. You know, they've been working on this for a while. So it's been around for quite a while, this HPV. How's the vaccine administered? Uh, just a regular, you know, like if you've had your COVID shots, same same thing, you know, mm -hmm. like needle in the arm. Uh, you need a few doses of it, but it's really, it's quite benign, right? Like not really many side effects, uh, you know, three-dose series, depending on how old you are, most people need a three-dose series. But, uh, you know, lifetime protection, more than, you know, 95 to not 100% effective. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good, you know, th these vaccines generally once pretty much and that like offer lifelong protection are, are, are the best, right? So it's, it's yeah. a bit more straightforward than, you know, say COVID or flu. Well, yeah. Plus, as you mentioned, since 2006, like there's a runway of history there. Quite a lot. Yes. Yeah. So is this something that somebody would consider or, or men should consider taking before, or is this something that people like, can they take it before or something you take after the fact? Uh, before, after, like before you, like before a person contracts HPV. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I think that you you can always get it actually, right? So b because HPV, you know, again, HPV is kind of confusing and complicated. Again, hundreds of strains of it, right? And so what happens for people is that you can get one type of HPV, you can clear it because your immune system can deal with it, and then you can get another strain of HPV. And so the whole idea is that you know there's no, you know, upper age limit. Or, you know, there's no, everybody, it's sort of for everybody. And I think in the past, uh, people have thought that, you know, you need to be, you know, get it before you have sex for the first time or get it when you're younger. But really, it is for everybody. Right now, in most Canadian provinces, we give it to people in junior high. Uh, around that age, actually. But because we only started giving it, you know, in junior, well, we started giving it to girls in junior high in 2008. But when we started giving it to men, boys in junior high, in well around 2017 in Ontario, it means people you know your age. I don't know how old you guys, but like our <laughs> age would not have gotten it routinely in, yeah. in, in, in school. Well, I'm gonna admit I don't think I've had heard of HPV prior to this conversation, and and I think that's that speaks to to your point of mm -hmm. like I think anyone who may have heard of it would typically think of it as something geared towards women and less so towards men. Yeah. And we also just generally struggle as men to go and take care of our health. Oh, 100%. Yeah, whether it's physical or mental. Yeah, yeah I, I feel I have no exception to that myself <laughs> either. So, is it the three doses, how like, spread out is it? Oh, it's a good question. You get, uh, there's sort of over six months, uh, you know, zero, two months, and six months. I should check that. So, ask me that again. Time for me to get out my Google machine. <laughs> so, zero, okay. So, I, I guess in the, in the interim, it's just about understanding. You know what 
what that looks like when you contract HPV. So mm-hmm. like what can a person expect and once they have it? How can they tell that they have it? You know, what are some early telltale signs that, hey, you may want to go see a doctor for that? Um, sorry, it was zero, two, and six months. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the times you don't have... Okay, so a, a, a common symptom, right, if you had a symptom would be with genital warts, but a lot of people don't have any symptoms at all, right? So I'll give you an example sort of in, in, in a woman and in a man as well, right? So the reason in, in women, what it can do is it can sort of lead to the final state of cervical cancer, but along the way, you often don't have any symptoms. You, you kind of just have, you know, changes to the cells in your cervix, and that's why we, we do cervical cancer screening, uh, in women, that's a pap smear. In men, in the head and neck cancer, again, a lot of the times you don't really have any symptoms until it's kind of too late, right? By the time you start having symptoms of a cancer, you know, it's it's ge- really kind of advanced. But I mean, in general, the symptoms of head and neck cancer would be things like, a, you know, a mass in your neck, change in your voice, weight loss, those sorts of things. But the whole idea is to, you know, we don't really have a good way to screen for head and neck cancer. And because we don't have a good way to screen for it, it's uh, all the more important to sort of prevent it when you can. Why don't we have a good way to screen for that? So there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of sort of cancers we can't, like to have a good screening test, you know, you need a sort of test that uh, lets you detect the disease early enough. But the test also has to be, you know, on the one hand, it has to be sort of specific and so I'm using like jargon now. But you basically need a test that can like detect something early enough. But, you know, it can't be, too inaccurate, right? A lot of screening tests are a bit too general. And then if it's saying you're positive every time, you know, it's not going to work very well. So you need something that's specific enough to the disease. It has to be early. Um, and we just don't, you know, we don't have that. That's, we, that's part of the reason we don't have screening tests for a lot of cancers. We right now screen for breast cancer, cervical cancer, colorectal cancer, and, and very recently lung cancer, but many, many other types of cancer like pancreatic cancer, stomach cancer, uh, ovarian cancer. We just don't have the, the testing available. On a, on a more general point there, is that like we just don't have the screen, like we don't have the technology available or it's just not mass? We don't have the technology. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, when it comes to screening, and maybe I can explain this a bit better. I mean, you basically need a test that, you know, like when it comes to any test and, you know, in medicine, it's not like everything is like perfectly black or white, right? You know, like it's it's kind of a, you know, a spectrum of illness. And sometimes if you don't have a test that can be specific to the disease that's detectable early enough, you won't be able to screen for something. And and most cancers we actually don't have, you know, screening tests for. In fact, we, we only have a screening test for a few cancers. Wow. How do you test if you have HPV? Is it like urine test? Is it blood test? Uh, you can do a, it's kind of like a swab. If you sort of have a lesion, you can, um, or a ward or something, you can kind of like swab it. Break, though. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. If you don't have sort of visible symptoms, you, it's very hard to test because it kind of lives sort of inside your cells. Mm. And does it get, uh, like if, if, let's say, a 20-year-old man contracts HPV and then the same day a 50-year-old man contracts HPV, is the aggression or the aggressiveness of it vary based on the age of the person who contracts it? But it, it's really variable. I think it, it it does depend a lot on sort of the patient's immune status and yeah. a lot of other factors. But there's a lot of things we kind of don't understand. You know, why does you know somebody get head and neck cancer and why does somebody else not get head and neck cancer? And so, it's uh, it's it's pretty variable. Okay. So, what would you recommend as as an expert in this space for men to do here? I mean, I, I think that 
it's important for men to, you know, have a conversation with a doctor or a pharmacist. Uh, I'd recommend they get vaccinated, basically, uh, you know, for HPV, but also there's you know, other vaccines people sometimes need, depending on how old they are. But really just one to get vaccinated. I mean, I think if you have something that protects you against cancer, it's worth getting. Uh, and more broadly, when it comes to sort of sexual health, you know, I think people who are sexually active, uh, you know, getting tested sort of regularly and, and sort of destigmatizing and demystifying the whole thing is good. And, you know, I, I think your family doctor is going to talk to you for that. I think increasingly talking to your pharmacist about some of these things, particularly around the vaccination piece, can be helpful too if it's hard to, you know, see a family doctor. It's hard mm. to do that. Um, yeah. Why do you think it's still a stigma? I, it's really interesting, actually. I mean, I, I, I just, it's, I guess, even now, societally, it's not something we're comfortable talking about. Uh, I had a friend, actually, and, you know, he is kind of a, like, he basically was dating somebody who had herpes and he totally freaked out. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, like this is a pretty common thing. And, you know, he's like a pretty educated guy who's pretty successful. And, you know, I, I just think it's, you know, one is uh, it, we don't talk about it enough. Two, I think, are sort of preconceived notions about what these sort of diseases are. And, you know, I think it takes a long time, you know, to shift perceptions around something. Right. You know, for example, if I told you, you know, my HIV, right, very treatable extremely manageable. I don't think most people know that, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of that, I, if people find it hard to sort of talk about some of these things. Uh, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think, you know, different cultural factors can also play in. You know, yeah. I came from a you know, Chinese background. You know, it's not something <laughs> I talk to my parents. Probably not something people talk to their parents about generally, but especially, you know, not my parents. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, certain religious factors too. The cultural uh, thing is hard. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think that plays a huge role in a lot of ways. I don't think a lot of men are comfortable having those conversations in general, let alone, to your point, with their parents. Yeah. And I, I also think that, you know, when it comes to men, you know, very few of us under the age of 40, I, I think, would have a family doctor. And so there's really no venue sort of to talk about it, right? Like, where do you really go to talk about these things? Uh, and, and so because of sort of a lack of you know, interaction with people who would normalize these things. It's a lot, I do think it's actually generally a lot better actually in the sort of LGBTQ community, right? Like I think they're a lot more sort of positive, open about sexual health in mm -hmm. various reasons, but you know, I think in the straight community we're pretty bad sometimes. And does the HPV, does HPV, uh, is it more prevalent amongst the LGBTQ plus community or is it more prevalent amongst straight men? Does it's it it pretty similarly prevalent actually, yeah. so yeah. But again, you know, very prevalent period, right? With up to, you know, three quarters of folks having it. Uh, well, actually, I wanted to get to that. So how many, like, what's the statistic on how many average Canadians, let's say, have it? How many North Americans have it? Like, how much does it affect men globally? Yeah, I mean, I think in Canada, in the U.S., uh, about a three quarters chance of having it in your lifetime at any given time. It's about like a sixth or a fifth of people have it because, again, you can sort of get it, clear it, then get another type of it. Um, but so long as you have it, you're going to be at risk of either, you know, some of those cancers or some of the, you know, like the, the warts. So it's, it, it, you know, it's not something, you know, like where you just have it and it goes away. Like it's sort of more like like measles would be something where you, the one disease, sort of one type of measles. But this is because there's so many different strains of it. It, it comes and goes. What do you mean? <clears throat> Sorry, have it clear. Yeah. So mm, like basically, you know, with some illnesses, you know, you can get them more than once, right? Mm. Like a cold, right? You can get a cold, you get rid of it, and yeah. then the cold can come back again. And HIV is kind of like that, uh, you know, versus other diseases where if you get it once, you're never going to get it again. Mm. Like, you know, measles or chicken pox, which, I mean, less common now because of the vaccines or, or those sorts of things. Um, but with HPV, you can get it and then get rid of it. When I say clear it, it means your body's immune system fights it off. Naturally? And, uh, naturally, okay. yeah. Uh, we don't really have any, you know, we don't really treat 
HPV infection routinely. Um, and then just wait for the body to sort of clear it. And then you can sort of get it, get it again, or get another strain, get the same strain. It's sort of all possible. And the vaccine covers all of the 100 it, strains? It covers nine strains, but amongst those nine strains, you see the most common causing, uh, sorry, of those nine strains, you, you do have the ones that cause common the most frequently. And so because, well, there are many, many, many strains, uh, a few of them account for most cancers. Mm. And so with the sort of nine strain vaccine, you cover um, more than 95% of, of HIV-related cancers. Do I have to have... Because uh, you said you can't really tell if unless you have, like, a breakout. Yeah. Can you only pass it on if you have a breakout, or you can just not have a breakout and still pass it on? You can still pass it on. Yeah. Um, you're, you're more likely to pass it on if you do have sort of a, a breakout, as you say. Um, but, you know, we, you know, there is something called asymptomatic shedding where you can sort of get it even if you don't have any symptoms. You know, when it comes to, you know, and again, you know, this is part of the reason why HPV is so infectious. For some sexually transmitted infections, you know, wearing a condom is going to be enough to prevent sort of transmission, right? For this, because you can pass it on through just skin-to-skin contact, you know, a condom will help, oh, really? but it's not going like, to, you know, eliminate. Like hand-to-hand? Uh, like... More intimate, like prolonged sort of intimate contact. Okay. Um, yeah. Oral sex, you know, vaginal sex, anal sex, those sorts of things. What about like kissing, like through saliva exchange? I, I think through enough of that, you could also pass HPV on, yeah. And that's sort of where you can get sort of the head and neck cancer pieces, yeah. Oh. I didn't realize it was such a, a big yeah. deal, like a big thing for men. Yeah, I don't want like, you know, like this all sounds super scary. <laughs> I think at this point, you're like, oh my God, what should I do? Um, but I mean, I think, you know, like, Live your life as you would live your life. Uh, but, you know, get vaccinated, generally practice safe sex, right? It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's one of many things that... Not, um, nothing we haven't been told as guys yeah, growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So what advice would you give to, to younger men who are hesitant? Because, again, of the stigmas of having conversations with with doctors and, and, and parents and whatnot, like what measures can they take or what advice would you share with them? We're hesitant about any discussion around STIs. Yeah, because, you know, like they're afraid of having that conversation for fear of being judged or anything like that. Obviously, or fear of having it. Or fear of having it. And like a lot of guys, and we've had this conversation before where sometimes you prefer not to go to the doctor just because if uh, if it, if you're not told you're sick, you'll go on believing you're not sick yeah, yeah, and yeah. you could be. And totally. We struggle with that as guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think a few things, you know, I think one thing is that, you know, if you do talk to a healthcare worker, like you, usually it's like a pretty safe space. You know, I think there's sometimes shame or concern, but most of the healthcare workers, doctors you talk to are, are really used to having these conversations, right? And so, uh, you know, as a result, I think sometimes there's just a fear of bringing it up to anybody. I think another thing is that these things are more common than people think they are, right? You know, I, I, I think that, you know, there is sort of stigma around having, you know, different STIs, but at the end of the day, you know, even amongst your sort of peer group, you know, Probably somebody has had something at some point in their lives. And then when it comes to sort of the fear of the disease, and I don't want people to be so scared of it, like you have a vaccine that's like almost 100% effective at sort of preventing any of these things. And so, you know, if you have something that, 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 that that's good, um, I think it's sort of hopefully dispels some of those fears, just like around HIV, right? I think if most people knew that, again, you know, a lot of people are on like treatment, one pill a day, you know, mm -hmm. like a lot easier to manage than diabetes, I think for a lot of folks, you know, like it dispels some of that fear and concern. Um, when it comes to 
most STIs, actually, almost all of them, they're very, you know, they're very manageable, right? Like, I'm not saying people should go around and get them, but they're very manageable, you know? Like, with yeah. chlamydia or gonorrhea, yeah. it's like one pill, one shot, this one vaccine, you know? Others, like, and, and you know, I, I think that, you know, sexual health will inherently sort of hard to talk about compared to other bits of a health. Like, it's actually an area where medicine and science are, are pretty good at controlling disease and illness, actually, right? So... Why is sexual health still so such a taboo subject? Oh, it has to be like. I don't, yeah, it's a good question. Like it, sh it really shouldn't be. Yeah, but it, but it it is, and it it affects so many. Like I I think too many too many people will end up getting to a point where they they acquire a disease or they get acquire as if they're going out to purchase it. <laughs> you know, they contract a disease of some kind, an STI, and then now they're dealing with the repercussions of it as opposed to maybe taking the time to learn something up front and taking the preventative care. I think it's because I feel like people think if you teach them about sex, then we start having sex. But it's like, you're going to have sex regardless. <laughs> yeah. Right? So yeah. things like, I don't want to talk to my 13-year-old child about having sex because I don't want them to start having sex. You don't want, you don't want to put that thought into their head, but it's like, it, the thought's going to be there. Right? So I think you have to have these conversations. Yeah. Right? I was wondering... Um, is HPV an STI or an STD, and what is the difference? The official difference. Oh, I, I, I think we just call things STIs now. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I think like that, they're, they're interchangeable. Yeah, they're interchangeable. I okay. think we stopped. I mean, this is before my time or like before I was in med school, but I think we used to call them like sexually transmitted diseases. I've always we, known them as STDs. Yeah. And, and then we way. like tried to call them infections. I think to destigmatize it a little bit. Oh, okay. the way yeah. I don't really see the big difference between disease and infection. Mm. Um, okay. But yeah, they're interchangeable. Also, anything that is STD yeah. is yeah. still an STI. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So what's the, uh, you may have said this already, but I want to go back to it. What's the, at what age can a, can a guy go and get the, the vaccine to prevent HPV? Yeah, really. I mean, so in Ontario, and it broadly similar across the country, um, you know, starting in 2017, you would have gotten this vaccine in junior high, like in middle school. Okay, so um, it's already being yeah, administered. It, yeah, but I mean, just like, like so well, I mean, 2017, that was like six years ago. So people like that would be sort of in their maybe early 20s, you know, late teens, yeah. early 20s. And so, I mean, I think that, you know, if you didn't happen to be in middle school in 2017, which, you know, I doubt the three of us were. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, very, precocious, yeah, very precocious fellow here. Yeah. You know, I, you, you, I mean, it, it's really for anybody. There's no upper age limit. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, you know, 37. I got the vaccine a few years ago. You know, I, I, even before I learned about vaccines, like I didn't know any of this stuff, frankly, too. Right? Yeah. I'm a doctor. You know, it's, it's even just to the point about knowledge and stigma, you know, I, I, even as somebody who's medically trained, you don't necessarily learn a lot about some of these things. So, but yeah, that's the age, really any age, you know, I think it's worthwhile checking to see if you've had it before the vaccine. Uh, you, you know, you can sort of, in Ontario, they have this little yellow card that you can sort of track, but like on average, if you were, uh, you know, in school in Ontario, you know, between again, junior high between 2017 and now, like it's likely as you got it. Um, and that, and if not, then you probably haven't had it. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's something that more and more private health plans are covering, which is good uh, because it's not free after the age of 18 in most provinces. What does it go for? Uh, it's like 300 bucks a dose, 200, 300 dose. Okay. So, so 600 bucks. Yeah. 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 Um, it is free up to 26 in the sort of LGBTQ community here. It's sort of variable by province to province. Right. Um, but, you know, it's certainly 
you know, and this is a broader issue with vaccines, right? Like not every vaccine that's sort of recommended is is free. Right. Um, although I think they probably should be. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, if you're you sort know, of in your late 20s, mid 20s, there's a good chance you haven't gotten it. So we're, we're checking if you have. Mm-hmm. So outside of, you know, obviously cancer is the worst case scenario. Is there something in the middle where it may not necessarily convert into cancer, but it still somehow impacts your immune system or other dysfunction or like does it? Like yeah, is no, there anything? No, that... not really. Like I think warts and cancer are the two things it causes. Mm, so okay. I mean, I don't think people generally like having warts, um, but you know, it won't give you erectile dysfunction and it won't sort of cause. Um, you know, immune problems or anything like that. Is there a way, and I know I asked this a little earlier, but is there a way to tell if you have HPV with no visible signs? Not very easily. And it's not something we would normally check either, right? For something that's so common. You know, I, I think this is, again, something that's hard to understand. But, you know, like we don't often test to see if you have the flu or not. There's a lot of disease we don't test for. We just, you know, right. like most people who are, sexu- like, who are sexually active have it. And then, you know, even if you have it or you don't have it, you should still be vaccinated. What's the rate of men who, like if there's a statistic for this, what's the rate of men that could potentially have it right now at any given moment and not even know it? Like a fifth of people have it, you know, at any given time, but three quarters of men will have it. And will so, have it. Yeah, like at some point in their lifetime. So it's pretty common. Do we know how many men there are in Canada? Probably like 19 million, I'm guessing. <laughs> the, yeah, population. Like the population. I don't know many people yeah. in Canada. Yeah, I think there's 38 million. Uh, I, yeah, I feel it's like just under 40 the last yeah. time I looked. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be around half of that. So just if there's, nice, let's just say probably. 20 million. Let's yeah, just call just it, it even 20. Yeah. So if there's 20 million and three quarters of that, so what is that, 15 million? Yeah. Essentially. So 15 million men in Canada will have HPV at, will one, have point HPV yeah. at one point in their life. Yeah. Wow. So if... That's a huge number. If I got HPV... And I, and it passed naturally. Why would I um, get the vaccine? Because my like as 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 an alpha male, let's call this in this scenario, you like I beat this. I don't need to get. Like, yeah, a lot of I, guys will just be like, I'm yeah, good. I beat it. I'm good. Like, why do I need to get a vaccine? I already, I already got it and passed it naturally. What, yeah. what what is why? How would you, I guess, convince? Not convince or just suggest someone to get it even at that point. Yeah, no, interesting question. I mean, one, I think you don't know if you've cleared it or not, right? We don't, again, really test for it. Mm. And not everybody, again, not everybody gets, I mean, every year there's about, you know, 13, well, 10 years ago, it's higher now, like 1,500 cases of head and neck cancer, right? And so not everybody who gets HPV is going to get this cancer. Mm. Um, but I think that, you know, whether you're healthy, whether you're unhealthy, whether, you know, I mean, usually like it takes a certain age to get, it happens to people in their 40s and 50s a bit later, but, you know, you don't really know if you have it. Um, the consequences of the cancer are pretty bad. You know, like, I, you know, when you have a head and neck cancer, like to treat it, they have to sort of cut open your neck and like give you a, like, it's pretty brutal, right? And so I, I think that- Tell yeah. us what happens. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, if you have a tumor in your neck, your throat, they basically, to remove the tumor, they're gonna open your face. Like, and mm-hmm. so I don't know the best way to describe it. Like, do you remember like the Blade movies from the 90s when those vampires like opened their faces? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> that's oh, a that's weird freaky. analogy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're very brutal surgeries that last, you know, more than a day sometimes, more than 24 hours. And then they'll sort of like remove the tumor and then they'll take, a, you know, take some tissue from your leg to graft it back onto your face so it can heal properly. And I don't think everybody wants that, right? No, like it's no. like, it's pretty, like it's gruesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 50% mortality rate, like it's pretty bad. Um, 
And so, I mean, with any vaccine, anything preventative, right? Yeah, it's not guaranteed you're going to sort of get the thing, you know, we're trying to prevent against, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we try to take steps to sort of reduce our risk. It's kind of like wearing a, you know, like a seatbelt, I guess. Yeah. I what mean, are the, I guess, percentage-wise-ish of getting neck or throat cancer from having HPV? Pretty, I mean, pretty low. Like, again, like every year, you know, if we're, we're saying that, you know, 15 million Canadians will have it at some point. Uh, in any given year, you know, yeah, only about 1,500 or so Canadians, like, you know, like, that's that. I'm sorry, there'll only be 1,500 cases of head and neck cancer a year. Um, but I think that, you know, the consequence is just so bad, right? That you don't want that. And, you know, yeah, I think there's so, a lot yeah. yeah, sure, like And there's the like a lot of things we that. do that I think for health that are, you know, like, you know, I got to eat healthy, I got to exercise. These things take continuous effort, right? Like, and I'm pretty lazy. You know, when it comes <laughs> to getting vaccinated, it's really easy, right? Like, mm. you, you know, you could spend a, quite a lot of effort staying healthy by doing those things which you should do yeah. um but this is just easier to do sorry these headphones keep falling off so <laughs> no it's okay and... don't worry the hair still looks good oh, thank you i'm always <laughs> worried about that <laughs> so okay in terms of preventative care you reference things like exercising i know you were talking about it in a different way but is there anything because you reference the immune it's dependent on the immune system mm-hmm what can people do to improve their immune system? Because we know the reason I'm asking this is because there will be a segment of men that will say, yes, this is the the logical step to take is take preventative care. And if that requires a vaccine, they go and they do it. But Mm -hmm. there's going to be a a larger segment of men who are resistant to these things because they typically, like as we said at the top of this, they don't take their their health as seriously as they should. Yeah, We've all been there. I've been there. It's too late. Yeah. Yeah. So what other mechanisms could there potentially be to improve the immune system per se? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a bunch of different things. Um, I mean, these are sort of general approaches to staying healthy, right? One is like sleeping enough. I think there's more and more evidence on how like sleep is really important to one's physical health and one's mental health. Eating a like a generally balanced diet, so not just you know like instant noodles all the time. I mean, I do probably do too much of that, like, <laughs> vegetables and shit, like the um, real stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, not uh, you know, I mean, like smoking is really bad. Like not smoking if you can. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think I think and those are and, and you know again like having regular exercise, like all these things will promote general health and well-being, and those will prevent different types of those all things. Will prevent cancers, will prevent heart disease, and and so sort of all of the all of all of those things are going to be good. If I don't have a if I don't have a family doctor, yeah, how how do I? Go about getting a vaccination. It's pretty easy. Talk to your pharmacist about it, right? So I think more and more. Any pharmacist? Most pharmacists, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's it's it's interesting you say that. I've never thought of a pharmacist in any way other than the doctor recommends a prescription. The pharmacist is just the person giving it to you. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, during COVID, um, you know, most of the vaccines we gave were through pharmacists, and I think they've sort of really they do a really good job actually of, uh, you know, providing vaccinations actually, and so and I, I think it's sometimes a little bit easier to see your pharmacist than your family doctor, and so uh, yeah, they they can definitely provide advice and counsel on on vaccination. You know, in other provinces actually, like not in Ontario, family doctors don't give most vaccines, and so it's kind of unique in Canada mm. that here the family doctors give most of the vaccines. So. Um, but more and more, I think pharmacists are playing a, a critical role in sort of the vaccination process, even just treating minor ailments. That's kind of a new thing. I think you can see your pharmacist for minor things now. But, um, 
you know, I, I, yeah, just sometimes easier to see than a family doc. I do think people who are sort of hitting the age of 40, and I, I feel like I, you know, when I first learned this, I was like, oh, yeah, that's ages away, but I'm pretty close to 40. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe you should try to find a family doc, you know, mm-hmm. like, because that's when we start recommending sort of screening for things like cholesterol and diabetes. Yeah. And it's kind of good to just do an overview of sort of your, you know, health at, at around that age. So what based on sort of your experience with HPV, not saying you've had HPV, but just your experience Mm -hmm. as an expert in the space, what is there that's, what is it about HPV that we haven't talked about yet that you think we should know? Uh, You know, I mean, I I think we've covered most of it, actually. I mean, I'll I'll say one last thing, actually, this is kind of more of a fun fact. You know, during COVID, during the pandemic, a lot of things got delayed. Uh, You know, in the news, you heard a lot about surgeries getting delayed, actually. Um, But more than that, you know, a lot of things like cancer screening, you know, for cervical cancer, all sorts of cancers, uh, lots of people miss that. Vaccination rates plummeted for HPV. So, you know, in the school system, because schools were shut down, vaccination rates plummeted to less than 1%. And so sort of across the spectrum of sort of acute care, surgical care, but also preventative care, you know, the pandemic had a really, really negative effect. And so, I mean, this is just more of a thing for people listening. You know, I think it was you know pretty hard to see, your, maybe hard to see your doctor in general, but probably really hard to see your doctor, you know, during 2020, 2021, those lockdowns. Uh, but as you sort of come out of that stuff, I think it is important for people to, you know, just check in around their health as, if, if, if they can. Um, but back to sort of the HPV thing, look, I mean, it causes you know, like a lot of our vaccines prevent, you know, vaccines prevent against lots of different things, infections usually, but in this case, cancer, really brutal cancer, actually, vaccine that's nearly 100% effective for preventing against that brutal head neck cancer, uh, you know, generally effective for a whole lifetime. I think it's something that's sort of worth getting and it is broadly available, right? Like most pharmacies across the country will carry it. Uh, and, you know, it may be, depending on sort of how old you are, still free for you publicly, but you kind of generally, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things I want to ask about, actually, that just came to my mind is the side effects of the vaccine. Yeah. You mentioned that there could be some mild side effects. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, let's do, like, sore arm, you know, low grade, you know. The, 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 the stuff with co- better than the stuff with COVID, actually, right? So, you know, it's sore arm, muscle ache, you know, feel sick for a day or two, but that's it. Okay. Yeah, it's a really safe vaccine. You know, 2006, it's been out for almost 20 years. It's been given given all over the world, actually. And See, so, how many doses, and like, is that number available? How many? I don't know. I'll, I'll Google it. I I'd, be, I'd be curious to know. Like, yeah. Because those numbers are, are usually good signs of, like, effectiveness type of thing. Yeah. Right? Your um, family doctor as well, right? Pardon? Your family doctor yeah. as well. Yeah. How, how often should... A man, a man Are you looking age. for a family doctor? I actually, happening? I don't know if I'm looking for a family doctor. My family doctor just retired. Okay. I got it in an email and I was like, oh, How often are you in Toronto? So He's looking for a family <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Text me anytime. Okay. Over 200 million doses, says British, like, says this website at, um, of, of the HPV vaccine. So that's the only that's, stat. That's, that's the lot. only stat I have. Uh, that's a lot. Yep. Yep. Okay. We'll use 200 million. <laughs> yep. Can we talk about our physicals and getting physicals? Yeah, yeah. How often of should a man of our age? How old are you two? I'm 35. 35. Oh, okay. We're all like this. I'm 37. All, all, all yeah. the same age. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, you know, people should probably start doing this stuff, you know, for sure at 40, between the ages of 35 and 40, if you have any risk factors. Examples of risk factors include, you know, if you smoke, if you drink a lot, uh, if you, you know, some, some 
you know, racial groups and South Asians, for example, are at higher risk of heart disease. Um, but really now is kind of the time you want to start thinking about sort of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And when we do a physical at this age, uh, you know, things we'll generally do is we'll have a look to see if you have any diabetes. We'll check your blood pressure. We'll have a look to see if you have any cholesterol issues. Um, cancer screening for men, the things we can screen for, for example, colorectal cancer, that starts later, around the time you're 50. Uh, but this is kind of, I can't believe, you know, we're in our mid-30s now. Uh, but this is kind late, of the age well, of... Late 30s, 37 to late 30s. Uh, no, that's we're we're mid-30s. Yeah. You're right, you're <laughs> we're right. right. Listen, I mean, we're I like... I turned 37 not long ago. <laughs> I'm, like a, I'm like six months away from being late 30s. Oh, no, once, yeah, once think, it crosses oh, over... I think 36 is still mid-30s. 36 is still mid-30s. 37. 37. I think 38, 39 is mid-30s. Yeah. Or late 30s. Late 30s. Yeah, but it's around this time, actually. Um, so, and why did why did why is it so late? Like, why at fifty do you do certain screenings and not earlier? Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to sort of this, and I don't think I'm doing a good job of explaining it. But like, Terrible. Let, let me the try, worst. let me try it again <laughs> with this test, right? Like, when it comes to screening, if you okay, here's an example, right? Breast cancer screening. Like, sometimes you're gonna pick up real cancer, but sometimes you're gonna pick up not real cancer, like a like something that's that's there that you need to like cut out, but isn't really cancer. Okay. So none of these things are 100% accurate. So the older you get, the higher the actual rate of cancer, so your test is going to be more accurate the older you get, right? I could screen you, for example, for breast cancer when you're 18 or 20 years old, not you, like a woman, mm -hmm. right? Um, but because the incidence of disease is so low at that age, you know, the screening test is gonna just pick up a lot of noise, right? And there's harms with overscreening, actually, right? You know, I have to biopsy everything or in the case of get a colonoscopy. And so, you know, when we start screening depends on the test, depends on the, like how good the test is, it depends on the incidence of disease as well. Um, and that's why we sort of start that later. There's no perfect test. If there was a perfect test, we could do it whenever we wanted. But right. yeah, these tests are all fraught with, you know, well, I shouldn't say they're you know so fraught that you don't <laughs> believe in them, but they're But they're, that's they're why it's, uh, additional opinions always, like we, you hear that a lot. Yeah, and, and that's why, you know, there's debate around when to start screening, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I mean, it's fundamentally driven by a balance between test quality and how common the disease is and whatnot, so yeah. How far are we technology-wise? to getting to a point where these screenings are more accurate, where we're able to identify these types of cures and so forth? It depends on the cancer, right? I mean, right now, people are actively working on looking for, you know, when, when you think of sort of the types of cancers that kill them, well, lung cancer is the leading killer, actually, right? And, you know, there is a newish lung cancer screening program. It's for people who've sort of smoked a fair amount. Um, people are working on sort of screening tests for other cancers, cancers of the pancreas, cancers of the stomach, you know, can there's all cancers everywhere. You can get cancer anywhere. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I would say that there's nothing imminent on the horizon, right? Like mm -hmm. we've had breast and cervical and colorectal cancer screening for quite a long time. Lung cancer is probably new in the last five years, but I don't see anything new on the horizon. So coming up with these tests is, is, is hard, actually. It's, 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 it's difficult. I'm going to go back to, well, I'm going to ask you a question that we, I feel as though maybe we should have started with it. People all over the world know what cancer is, yeah. but they don't really truly grasp how cancer forms, how it begins, how it can affect a person. Can we maybe shed a little bit of light on that element? Because we hear all about it. We hear this person's got this type of cancer. There's the yeah. various stages of it, but not a lot of people, myself included, really fully grasp how it actually works. 
Yeah, so at, at a really simple level, I mean, what, what cancer is, is sort of like uncontrolled growth of cells in your body, right? So normally, you know, you have different, you know, different cells, there's many different types of cells, and they're sort of growing and dying at a sort of normal rate. But if, you know, something stops sort of the mechanism, the sort of the control mechanism of sort of how these cells grow, then you could actually get a cancer, right? That's where like tumors start, that's how they can spread. And a lot of things can sort of cause that, you know, what would cause a cell to go haywire from a growth perspective, right? Uh, things that basically change their DNA, right? Their makeup, right? And so, you know, radiation can do that. I think we can all sort of, you know, that three-headed fish in The Simpsons, right? Like, you know, that, <laughs> that obvious can cause cancer. Yeah. Um, Infectious diseases can as well, actually, right? And this is where, you know, HPV, the virus, interacts with, you know, the cell's own DNA and it can sort of mess up, you know, the cell, like the cell sort of own DNA inhibitory mechanisms. So infectious diseases can cause it as well. Uh, and sometimes your, your cells just kind of like lose, you know, like if they lose certain bits that could tell them to stop growing or tell them to start dying. I mean, that's fundamentally what causes cancer. And then what causes cancer to sort of, you know, really harm a person is, you know, they, they just grow too big, they migrate to certain areas, they block things, they lead to bleeding. But it's all about sort of uninhibited cell growth. And it can affect any person at any age. Yeah, and different cancers are more common um, at different uh, you know, ages, right? So, you know, testicular cancer, for example, is a cancer that can, you know, it's one of the cancers that can occur when people are relatively young, right? I think like yeah. Lance Armstrong had testicular cancer, you know, like, I mean, I mean others yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, other cancers like prostate cancer, you know, tend to occur when people are older. And so basically there's different, as I'll say, risk factors for cancer. So the older age is a risk factor for almost every cancer. Uh, and the older you are, the more likely you are to get a cancer because your, your cells are just accumulating more mutations, right? And so the more mutations your cells accumulate, the more likely they're, you know, reproductive infrastructure is going to go haywire. Um, you know, there's other risk factors sort of depending on the cancer. Smoking is a risk factor for pretty much every cancer because sort of just the, the toxins in the smoke like mess up your cells DNA all over the body. Uh, there's genetic risk factors too, you know, family history, for example, uh, you know, some is a risk factor for many, many types of cancers, but that's, you know, just when your cells you know, growing controllably, I guess, would be the... You, you mentioned earlier that South Asians are more prone to heart disease. Yeah. How come? Um, I mean, I guess genetically. Like, I, I don't know the underlying biomecha... You know, the, the biomechanism. Um, but, you know, I think they just tend to, you know, on average get heart disease a bit earlier, more susceptible, higher rates of heart disease. And that's controlling for things like diet and all that stuff, right? Mm. Um just like, you know, white people, for example, from, you know, the Nordic countries are li likely to get multiple sclerosis, actually, right? Really? There's certain diseases. Okay. Yeah, that's why we see a lot of it in Canada, actually. You know, it's like very rare. And, mm. uh, you know, celiac disease, very rare in Asia. What's that one? That's the one where um, you're gluten intolerant. Okay. And yeah. black people, it's more also diabetes? Uh, yeah, also yeah. heart disease. Yeah, South Asians and, you know, African Americans are likelier to get uh, or a higher risk of, um, of of heart disease as well cardiovascular disease mm. what about middle easterners i mean i anything specific I can't, it's a good question let me no, you guys are good no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am i like you in the south asians no i don't think so or south americans yeah, for yeah. poncho so he can yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. no i mean i i normally think of south asians and and you know african americans but i yeah i'm not sure about that you gotta look middle into Easterns. that for me doc yeah 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 so amazing okay so uh, ultimately, HPV is something that can be contracted relatively easy. A lot of men 
are susceptible to getting it. A lot of men will get it in Canada yeah. by the sounds of it, just based on the statistics and the numbers. And, you know, it is something that could potentially pass just through time. Yeah. But the vaccine, it's a three-dose vaccine, could essentially prevent it for life by the sounds of it. Yeah. And then um, doing so will allow you to sort of prevent against that because HPV at its worst can also cause head and neck cancer. Did you say it can cause any other type of cancer or was it just head and neck? Head and neck cancer, anal cancer, penile cancer, probably not the types of cancers people like talking about back mm. to the sort of the, but those, right. um, and again, cervical cancer in women, so. Is it, is HPV, like when it leads to cancer, is it, how do I word this? So if someone gets throat cancer because of HPV and someone gets penile cancer, cancer because of HPV, is the severity different? Like, is it just a more aggressive throat cancer, but it's uh, a, a more manageable penile cancer, if that makes sense? No, is that I mean, even a I think it just depends on, I mean, let, let's use the most common, you know, in women, cervical and men, head and neck, they can both be quite severe. They can both be more mild. Um, so a lot of it sort of depends on, you know, where you catch it, how good your body is at actually, you know, managing the cancer, but they can both be very severe leading to death. So, yeah. yeah. What is what is HPV again? Human papillomavirus. Human papillomavirus. How do, um, what was I going to say? If I have neck cancer, how do I know it's from HPV? It's hard to, I mean, basically, and again, if you have, the, the main causes really are, you know, like alcohol and tobacco mm -hmm. and, you know, tobacco bad, you know, like chewing tobacco and smoking. Chewing uh, tobacco. Or you mean HPV. specifically smoking cigarettes or just smoking? Smoking. What about vaping? Uh, gonna, yeah. Probably a lot less. I mean, we don't, like vaping is pretty new, um, but most of the harms of smoking comes from the inhalation of sort of like burnt shit, yeah, right? Like, and, you know, that's why, you know, when it comes to, you know, the global, like the global south, one of the leading causes of death is actually indoor air pollution, right? So if you're just standing in front of like a, like a, like a cooking stove all day long, right? That's like mm -hmm. burning poorly. You'll also get cancer. Um but vaping, you know, the long-term effects of vaping, we don't really know about as much, right? Because when did vaping start? Like 10 years ago? About, I think yeah. I had like a vape like eight years ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, vaping is going to be a lot less bad than smoking, I think. And if people need to vape to quit, then I fully support that. Right. Um, but yeah, back to, you know, head and neck cancers. One big cause is HPV. Another big cause is, you know, smoking and tobacco. Uh, you know, the, the way you sort of see what causes what in history, you know, have you been smoking a lot? Have you been, like, you know, using a lot of tobacco, uh, drinking yeah. a lot? And you can also sort of like see if there, there's HPV living inside of those cells. But, you know, again, not something we routinely would do. Is it, uh, can it be, can it only be transferred sexually? Like, can it be like, no, like, close to like, like if I had, like if I had it and, and I didn't get it traded out of a kid, could the kid have it? Oh, you mean can you give it to your kit like vertically? Like if, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know the. the yeah, word yeah, yeah. Before, like but. if you had it, no, no, it's not normally transmitted that way. Like okay. it's not transmitted, for example, from mummy to baby at yeah, birth. Okay, yeah, that's what yeah. I kind of meant. Yeah. But if a mother, is like you can't be born with it. What I mean. You can't yeah. Be born no, generally, no, no. Okay. But if a mother is breastfeeding and she has it, generally not. Right. That's okay. not a yeah. Interesting. I just learned a ton. I mean, I had I love, no idea. I love, I love learning this shit. I love this. That's yeah. good. Yeah, you get to learn about lots of different things. I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we really, about. really do though. Really yeah, we get do. to yeah. just figure out what topics we want to learn yeah. about. And then the I'm like, man, I learned so much today. <laughs> like that's just, sometimes I'm like, I learned. Like today, I was like, oh yeah, like time's yeah. flying by, and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. So okay, what final final word to you, in terms of, you know, tell 
Tell the audience. Tell the guys out there. Yeah. Tell them what to do. Yeah, look, I mean, very like when it comes to this very sort of narrow topic, important but narrow, right? Like, you know, check to see if you you know been vaccinated for HPV, and if you haven't, go get the vaccine. Talk to your pharmacist about it. Talk to your family doctor about it. It's uh, it's an easy way to prevent some pretty nasty cancers. More broadly, you know, I think that it is important. You know, it's Men's Health Month in June. It's mm-hmm. is it June? Is it almost June? No, it's almost May. It's almost May. Oh, we're May. filming this in almost May. This, this will come yeah. out. Yeah, this, this will uh, come out in June. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's just really important. One, you know, not to be scared to talk about your, you know, your 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 health. Actually, I was, you know, I I, I think. Um, Talk to your doctor. Talk to your talk to somebody, right? About yeah. your mental health, your physical health. Uh, you know, I, I I think it's really really important that we sort of you know try to take care of ourselves a bit better. And you know, whatever you're going through, probably a lot of your friends are going through actually, right? And so you know, that's 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 really important. So have the conversations with your with your yeah. buddies, yeah. with your friends. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. How do you check? You said check if you've been vaccinated. Ask your doctor. I mean, if, if you, you have, have a friend, friend doctor, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. Saying, <laughs> I, we have to assume that. Yeah, we're gonna talk about like most people don't have a family doctor. Yeah, or at least I don't, don't know how go many to it. So have, yeah, or like ask your card. parents actually. Like I, yeah, I have that. Yeah, I have that. Parents may have that. Yeah. yeah, if you're in Alberta, we just have a good record of it. Yeah. That's that's why. What if you just don't? What if you just? <laughs> that's don't why know? you're there. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Right? What if you just don't know? Like, you've been by yourself for a long time. You don't yeah, have that yeah. I, I think in. that most people who are older than I don't know what junior high plus six years will not have gotten it right. Okay. And so in that case, you just, there's no harm in getting the vaccine again. Um, so you can't get it twice. Yeah, you can. Okay. Like it's not going to kill you. It's not going to do anything bad to you. In fact, yeah, right? right. So. Make you super strong. Yeah, <laughs> I, won't, I won't do that either. It'll, it'll just be the wreck. But um, it's your you origin know. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I became a, yeah. a radioactive vaccine or something. Um, but I, you know, it's. Sorry, what was I saying? Yeah, I mean, that yellow card is the best. You know, your parents mm-hmm. usually... I don't know. Do parents keep track of it here? Like, I didn't grow up so in you, you, Everybody's different, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I still have my yellow card, but, like, my sister, I don't think, has hers. My mom has mine. Yeah. And, every, you know, every so often I have to, like, get the information. And she's like, yeah, it's somewhere in the drawer of yeah. all your childhood stuff. And yeah, I still just, have mine. Like, my birth certificate's in, like, pristine yeah. condition, so I'm very proud of it. Like, oh, wow. I have, I have no idea what my birth certificate condition, is. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but if I were to guess, you know, we did a little study um, and about less than half of people in university have had it. Mm-hmm. So by the time you're in your 30s, I bet like less than 5% of people, most people will not have had it in their 30s. Yeah, right. It's just, you know, again, just not based on the numbers of when they started administering. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You'd have to sort of have sought it out. Um, and again, to your point, you know, most people, most doctors, I think, don't, you know, I, you know, I, I don't think most doctors even know that this thing is a leading cause of head and neck cancer in men, right? And so... Well, that's not um, encouraging. So we, we all we all got to learn together. <laughs> well, that's why you're you're going around telling yeah. everybody about mm-hmm. it. All right, well, Doctor Who, I really appreciate you coming through. I appreciate you uh, sharing your insight, your expertise, your knowledge. Appreciate Merck sort of facilitating these conversations because obviously it's very important for men to, to to be more aware of HPV. And I'll say it again: HPV, 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 because more men need to know about it. More men need to talk about it. Um, Thank you so much for coming through. This was great. Yeah, Very much appreciated. Thank you so much for having me on to talk about HPV. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been awesome. And um, if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, follow, comment. like Exactly like what Doctor Who is actually doing <laughs> yeah. right now. If you're, watch, if you're watching it. right now, follow, follow <laughs> the footsteps. Look, it's Connor and... McDavid. I know, my, <laughs> my, my boy, my team. There you go. That's today's article. But uh, just like the incredible Doctor Who is doing right now, please make sure please. to – it helps please. us out, but it also helps get these kinds of conversations out to more men. 
Um, and really just anybody who wants to learn about these kinds of conversations, it's super important. HPV affects everyone. But uh, also it helps us better understand if these conversations, if you find value in them. So subscribe, follow, like, comment, even if you don't like something or you have a question or you're critical of something, please let us know. Um, but spare Doctor Who because this man is a gem and yes. he is uh, giving us his time. And then you fly out to Ottawa for a conference. Tonight. 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 Amazing. Yes. Doctor Who, thank you so much for coming through. Very much appreciate it. Thank you for having me again. Very fun. Amazing. Poncho, Poncho thank you so much for your time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank, thank you. you.